Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Hi, it's Chris Howard here, um, and I'm joined on the HR on the Offensive podcast today by Kathy Akutopolo and Aaron Albury. This is a special HR on the Offensive podcast. As we talk at the moment, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 current global pandemic. And so what I thought I would do is just bring Aaron and Kathy on a uh, quick podcast today to have a quick chat about remote working. So Aaron, Kathy, thank you very, very much for joining me today. Morning, Chris. Chris. I wanted to have a quick chat about what we're doing at Lace, um, because obviously I think there'll be some businesses out there that perhaps are uh, embracing remote working in very, very different ways. And so it might be useful for anybody listening into the call to talk about what we're doing. But I thought it might also be worth talking about some of the challenges that organizations are facing. So what I thought I'd do just for, we'll talk for maybe 15, 20 minutes about remote working specifically. But before we go into what we're seeing in the in the market, what we're when we're talking to HR directors or HR teams at the moment, uh, let's have a quick chat about uh, remote working for Lace Partners specifically. And Aaron, I don't know if I could start with you to just give us a bit of an overview as to, to what we're doing in terms of our actions and how we are continuing to deliver business continuity throughout our business. Sure, Chris. I think probably you know, the first thing to understand is as a consultancy, we're in a slightly different position to a lot of our clients in the fact that we have been remote working uh, as an organization pretty much since we formed. You know, a lot of our work is done remotely. Um, with our clients, whether they're in the UK or internationally. And so as a habit uh, within our organization, it's something we were used to used to doing. We're also quite fortunate, I think, in the fact that we recently rolled out one of the new technologies for us, Microsoft Teams, to the organization. And therefore, when we decided to, to take on homeworking, which is just over three weeks ago now, that transition for us was relatively smooth. And in fact, for a number of our active clients, uh, they didn't see much difference. It was the way we've been operating with them throughout. Uh, I think what it's allowed us to do, though, um, is allowed us to get a greater level of collaboration uh, within the organization. Um, but we've been very conscious as we've as we've done that. Clearly, we no longer have that physical coming together within the office. Uh, and that has been really a big focus for us in terms of how to keep the, the teams going. But we have just over 30 people engaged across uh, across Microsoft Teams uh, with our clients, delivering delivering service to them. Yeah, and I think um, it's also important to to note that, you know, in terms of our culture and our behaviours, you know, being part of the LACE family, the LACE team is, is really important and the social aspects of how we operate are a big part of why people love working with us. And clearly, whilst we do operate remotely significantly on most of our clients, Actually, the camaraderie that we had in the office, which obviously we're no longer in, was was a big part of, of people's engagement and their, their experience of working with LACE. So I think what we're facing now, and I'm sure other organizations who have switched from office-based working to home working are facing, is actually the reality of not having the, that personal social interaction in the office and, and how can you ensure therefore that people get that level of engagement when they're all sat in their own homes some of whom are living on their own others might be in their family units but but ultimately how do you get that camaraderie 
operating across a business where it's such a pivotal part of someone's experience of working for a company. Um, we've done lots of things to try and uh, engender that uh, across the team, but I think we're all learning as we go to some extent um, and testing out new new ideas on, on a daily basis. Um, but I think that ultimately it's it's recognizing that shift and trying to replace it with something that actually gives that aspect of what people love about working um, when they're in a remote environment. Yeah, I mean, you think about every time and every business that I've ever worked in, one of the great things that you always say about some of the businesses that I've worked in is there's actually the people aspect. And that's almost been ripped away from so many organizations at the moment, hasn't it? And you think about even things like I know somebody, for example, who is going through or is supposed to be going through an onboarding process at the moment. Like, how does that how do you develop that kind of instant camaraderie and feel for the culture when you're literally sat at home? And also the nervousness around joining a new company, all of a sudden that's now made sort of 10 times worse, isn't it? Absolutely. And and at the same time, you know, some organizations like Lace will be more familiar with that with the remote working and therefore mm. maybe take to it more naturally organizations that haven't really encouraged remote working or it's just impossible to remote work. So if you're in a factory situation or whatever it is, if you're product developing as opposed to service provision, you know, actually, how do you do that? How do you manage that transition? But but therefore, the, the gap between where, where you are now versus where you need to get to is much greater. And so therefore, you know, the shift for, for every organization is going to be quite different. Um, and so I think it's really important to understand where you are and what people are used to and therefore what it is you're trying to achieve and how best to make that transition, accepting that maybe don't shoot for the stars on day one, but see yeah. it as a transition. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's just touch on some of these challenges. And so we've talked a little bit about Lace there, but in terms of the businesses that we talk to on a regular basis or just organizations and HR teams in general, so we're in an unprecedented time and there are some really big challenges that organizations are going to face at the moment in regards to large parts of the workforce working remote. Is there any big challenges that you think organizations are going to face in the next two weeks, two months, maybe. I mean, if we listen to it in April, as we are about to hit, you know, we're talking about the next potentially six months. So what are the biggest challenges yeah. that companies are going to face? Chris, I think it's, inter it's interesting for our clients, and Cathy touched on it there, that right now, most clients are trying to work out just how to operate and survive. And, and every day, things are shifting and changing. And, and therefore, a lot of the focus around home working for a lot of our clients and organizations is, is around the infrastructure side of things. It's getting things working. You know, um, I, I mentioned the position there for LACE, but it clearly we're not the norm for most a lot of organizations. We, we were talking to someone yesterday and you know, they were just at this point still trying to figure out how to move service centers from being a physical environment that supports its customer base to being a virtual environment to get the technology right. I was talking to another colleague the other day, and this is week three of home working, and their technology is still not operating. So for three weeks, that business has been unable to trade because no one can actually operate a laptop remotely. And so that at the moment, a lot of the focus is on operational, get it working, figure the technology out, and put the infrastructure in. But I think what we'll see very quickly, once that is established as, uh, as, as the baseline for an organization, is then moving into some of the things that we started to talk about there about how do you support going forward and i think we've got a, a webinar coming up later this uh, this week on, on some of these topics 
Uh, and you know that kind of supporting set of activities that starts getting you into understanding ongoing well-being for your organization, cultural cultural alignment, making sure that people are living up to the values you talked about the onboarding side things there will come more and more to the fore as you try and sustain this over what could be a relatively long period of time. Yeah, and I th- I think that first point you made there, Aaron, around infrastructure is critical. You know, there's hygiene factors here around, does it work? So is it even physically possible for people to operate from home? So, you know, as I say, a services-based organisation actually you know, does everyone have a laptop or a PC that they can use? You know, have they got the software that they need to enable um, remote working? So there's some core infrastructure infrastructure requirements that, that are fundamental before you can actually even start thinking about maybe the more, um, you know, the more value add aspects of working from home. I think there are a few other things to draw on as well. Aaron, Aaron touched on the sort of whole engagement piece and how you can keep your workforce engaged. And that's where we started this conversation. But I think there's a couple of aspects that we need to focus on too. One is around well-being in, in, in the sense that certainly personally, having worked from home now for at least three weeks, what I hadn't anticipated was the intensity of the day. So the fact that actually, you know, whilst you're in the office and you may have meetings back to back all day, you're still moving around, you're still interacting socially, you're still having flexibility about maybe the meeting is running five minutes late, that's fine, we'll see you in the meeting room. It's not like that when you're working from home. And and so I think, you know, there's there's a consideration of well-being on a daily basis around just recognizing the intensity and ensuring that you are taking regular breaks that you are conscious that you, you need to get up and move around more often. Um, and it's maybe providing your workforce with guidelines that that whilst it may feel obvious, that you actually want them to follow to ensure that their well-being isn't impacted from an extended period of working from home. I think also, you know, there's an element for organizations that aren't used to home working. There's an element of trust in this as well, in the sense that just because someone isn't visible, it doesn't mean they aren't doing their best to get through their work that day. So I think, you know, we need to be honest about the fact that homeworking requires trust on both parts, the employee and the employer, and that we, you know, we we have to take the the ground that people will do their best and, and it's unusual circumstances. So ensuring that you're keeping it human and that you understand people have pressures in their in their home environment you know, people who are isolating or people with young families whose, you know, kids can't go to school, their childcare is, for, you know, not, not possible at this current time. It's about keeping it human and trusting people to get the work done in whatever way is, is um, the most effective for them in their personal circumstances. And then I think, you know, ultimately, um, to me, there's some, some other aspects around well-being as well, around the ergonomics so, you know, I've been sat in the same chair for the last three weeks and hmm. I know I'm getting backache, neck ache and everything else. I'm sure everyone else is too. Um, and, and so just some practical aspects about what guidelines and support can you provide for your employees that try and minimize the risks and, and challenges of working from home and encourage them to know that they've got your trust and that you are very conscious of their personal situation. You're, you're, you're living by your values and behaviors and demonstrating that you've got their best interests at heart. I just want to touch on that just for a second. So do you think that what the current situation has brought about will cause a bit of a, I don't know if I want to say culture shock or culture change, or do you think there'll be many businesses that will be forced into basically looking at the way in which they have engaged with their employees and saying, actually, 
you know, we aren't living our own values, our values have essentially become, or the values that we're trying to demonstrate are, they're not being articulated by us as a business. Do you think this is going to force a lot of businesses to look more closely at the way in which they engage and change? I think there's two aspects to that, Chris. One is that, and and we'll we'll ex- expand on this in our webinar uh, around Lace's 12-point plan to, to dealing with this sort of crisis. One of the one of the factors you're raising there absolutely is about cultural congruence. You know, ultimately, the way in which um, we treat our employees over this period, including how how we are operating from a home working situation, needs to be consistent with the values and behaviours that we espouse as an organisation. You know, ultimately, the, the way we act now and the way we treat our employees now in a time of crisis, that's when the true self of the organization is shown, I guess, and through the leadership behaviors and the way people are treated over this period. So the way we operate when we're in a homeworking situation in a crisis like now absolutely is the, the, the time to shine, if you like, for, for leaders to, to absolutely demonstrate those values and behaviors. And if we mm. don't, I do think we risk people's perception of the organization, their engagement levels, their willingness to go the extra mile in these difficult circumstances, and also how they'll feel about us as an organization when we emerge from the crisis and when we try and get back to normal will be impacted. And it's something that, that we'll talk more about on the webinar. I think the second aspect to me is that I think for every organization, the homeworking approach, those who, who are making it work and, and it's possible for them to use homeworking, will actually lead to a new normal in the sense that coming out of this, I think organizations will have proven to themselves and to their employees that, that it can work. And I think there will be appetite to shift what that new normal is about how people operate in the workplace. I think for um, employees, there will be a recognition of whilst, you know, none of us are enjoying being locked in our houses basically for hours on end working day in, day out with a, with a you know, no, no opportunity to vary what we're doing in terms of the environment. I think we will actually miss the flexibility it gives us and, and the ability to, to maybe have more um, focused working time, for example, or be more flexible about our family arrangements when we actually get back to a working, um, normal working environment. And so I think organizations need to take the opportunity to say, well, okay, how do people, what were people's experience of working from home? How, how, now that we've invested potentially in infrastructure, how can we leverage that to actually improve the employee experience and, and get the, their views on actually what worked for them and what of this do they want to continue with? So I think it's creating that new normal and grabbing that opportunity once we emerge from, from the current situation. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Cathy. I think I'd put, add two things to that. Um, on, on that last point, I actually think we, we've now started a social, there's a social revolution going on. I think once this has been put out there, you can't put it back. You know, organizations that have historically actively um, gone against home working as part of their culture are now forced into this environment. And I think that that element combined with um, the need to accelerate some of the digital side of businesses as a result of this this um, uh, enforced with change of way of working means that um, that is forever changed. I don't think we can move back from that. Saying the social infrastructure, the social change piece is is, is key, and I think once it's, it's in place, it's, it's it's hard to come back from. And I think that will 
now be something that organizations will seriously have to reflect on um, once we return to back to a more traditional way of working. Um, the other the other point I just wanted to pick up on, and Kathy was uh, spot on with that conversation about the cultural impact around around employees and how they feel about you once you go through this process and treating them in the way you want you want your values to be seen and your behaviors to be seen. I think I go the other thing that I'd say to that is we've clearly all seen some examples in the last few weeks of the impact that not doing that has not just on the on your employee base but also on your customers. Um, and there's been lots mm-hmm. in the press. Um, around organizations that have stayed open when they were asked not to and have put their, therefore put their employees in, in, in harm's way or in risk, or the behaviors of some of the banks that, uh, at the moment in terms of some of the trying to um, profiteer on some of the good work the government has been putting in place to support organizations. And, you know, and I think the choices you make in this period will define you, and people have got long memories. And I think when these things are stabilized and people come out of this, those brands um, that have not uh, treated people well and have been visible around that will lose customers as a result of this. So there's a customer aspect to this, not just an employee aspect, Chris. Yeah, certainly. And it was interesting. So we've talked about this new normal from a cultural perspective, but I think the technology angle is the same as well. I've got a friend who works for an organization who he's a graphic designer and it's just been because they're quite a, a traditional company. He's gone into work. He's done his nine till half past five and he has finished and then headed home for the day. And all of a sudden his company who have pretty much not really embraced remote working at all, have to spend an absolute fortune on getting laptops in and things like that. So there's like a, there's that cost to it as well. But from the technology side, so do you think where we're at at the moment, and I like to call it that that sort of revolution, do you think this is going to force companies to be looking more closely at their technology in the future? And what do you, what do you see as the uh, what do you see as the the outcome? You know, if in a year's time, um, what sort of changes do you think we'll have seen from a technology perspective? And how many, yeah, how many businesses do we think this current situation will accelerate their plans with regards to embedding tech in their business? I think I can pick up on one um, very tangible example, Chris, to to sh- to showcase that because I genuinely think this has accelerated. It's it's not a case of will it. I think it has accelerated digitization. Uh, and in a lot of different organizations. Uh, and, and there's probably one really good example, uh, and then maybe a secondary example that um, that we're all experiencing. So the first one is around sort of service centers, you know, and a lot of service centers, customer service centers um, have traditionally been places that people come in to work, uh, they do shifts and they come out again. And that technology has been based around a particular location. I think what we have seen is an acceleration in, in, in the organizations of digitizing that capability, making it a virtual service center environment, uh, necessity of social distancing, necessity of home working has forced that to accelerate. Um, and I think it is also in a lot of organizations forced the introduction of chatbots, AI, et cetera, to help um, cope with some of the volume. Uh, and what I think it has proven is that that, can, that technology and that change can be implemented at pace. Uh, in an organization. Now, clearly, it'll take time to settle. And I think we'll uh, look back on some of those and people will start to make adjustments. But it has um, fundamentally shifted in that in that area. So I think that that, revo- that revolution on technology has begun already. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just conscious of time. So I thought I would just quickly wrap up with one final question. Actually, I'll, um, I'll start with you, Kathy, on this one, because actually, I think 
we started this podcast talking about what we're currently doing at LACE in terms of the infrastructure that we have and how we operate as a business. But actually, we've gone into talking about, you know, culturally and some of the things that we can do to talk about the, the camaraderie that exists. And I think, again, from my own personal perspective and in terms of us as an organization, you know, the camaraderie that we have by being in a physical office, it's really, really important. It certainly helps to break up the day and things like that. So I wondered if we could just um, wrap up today's podcast by just giving a few examples as to things that we're doing to keep people engaged um, or any tips or advice that you would give to any HR directors, HR professionals listening in on this podcast. Yeah, sure, Chris. And and I think, you know, this is something that we like to think we do well at LACE. We're, we're probably unusual for a small business in that we have a, a full-time engagement lead who, um, Eve, who does a great job and, and is focused on saying, well, how can, what can we proactively do to keep both our employees and our associates, because our operating model, um, you know, we rely on employees and associates to get the best teams in front of our clients. So how can we keep people who are working remotely and in the office as engaged as possible. Um, and I think a challenge for HRDs right now, in, in how, you know, for those organizations that are not used to remote working is whose job is it to, to sort of identify what those engagement solutions should be and mm. have that sort of creative aspect of, you know, what can we do proactively to, to maximize engagement over this time? You know, clearly that, that has an HR role to play in that, um, but they may not have a natural place for that to sit in the team. But putting that to one side, you know, in terms of what we're doing at LACE, you know, the sorts of things that we did anyway were things like webinars um, and ongoing engagement of team members through um, what we called LACE up. So huddles in the office talking about particular topics or clients. Every Friday afternoon, we had a social event where, you know, we call it Prosecco Friday, obviously non-alcoholic drinks are available, um, but where we would get together and have a very social engagement face to face in the office. And what we've tried to do now is to come up with ways of keeping that level of engagement, but on a remote basis. So our um, CSR committee um, are coming up daily with challenges for the team that we use MS Teams to record and, and keep up to date on where people are. Yesterday was a math challenge. Take a picture of the team you're working with at home challenge. Um, so there's a daily routine to it to bring some structure. We're also looking at setting up a, a, a lace radio um, uh, slot every day where we we take a more humorous approach to keeping everyone engaged where we're sort of pre-recording a 10 or 15 minutes slot. I know you're pivotal in that, Chris, and can't wait well, to get started. Well, you're going to be agony aunt, I believe. I am going to be agony aunt. I'm not sure <laughs> whether it's meant to be a real agony aunt, in which case we're all in trouble. But um, it, it, I think more more of a maybe um, a more um, tongue-in-cheek agony aunt. Yeah, so, so it's trying to come up with a creative ways that suit your culture. And, and so, you know, we're going to probably do online bingo. We're trying to come up with games we can play that leverage the technology with teams and get everyone feeling the way they would feel if we were in the office. Um, and I think that's that's what we're trying to do. So lots of creative ideas. As I say, we have the luxury of having someone who focuses on that, but obviously everyone contributes with their own ideas as well. I think just to add to that one last thought, you heard it there from Cathy. I think it's, it's, it's we, we've uh, we've just been mixing it up. I think that's the real thing. Just finding finding different ways, not keeping to too much of a routine. We have the infrastructure we talk about in terms of the Fridays, etc. But you know, the way in which we're engaging people, we're constantly changing, constantly adapting. And and as well as Eve, we have a strong uh, CSR team who are uh, who are heavily involved in that engagement, keeping our eye on how we may continue some of the charity events, for example, that we started last year. 
um, and bringing those in and doing more of a digital version of some of that charity events as well. And I think the importance here, Chris, is to recognise it's horses for courses. You know, some people will relish and, and re, uh, the opportunity to connect socially whilst they're working from home. Others may not, and they want to have a really structured day and, and you know, it, it's personality types and the ways of working. So I think, you know, throughout all of this, it's being flexible, having different styles of, of engagement activity. But but the number one is you, I don't think you can over communicate when you're working from home in this scenario. So it's making sure that you at least have regular business updates so people understand, you know, more regular than you would have done. So people understand what's happening and have the ability to ask questions. So it's overlaying the engagement activity with a really, really two-way communication far more frequently than you would have done before and give people the, the comfort of knowing that whilst they may have bumped into you in the office and asked you questions, they now have a channel through which they can do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I think the only thing I would just add to all of that, which is fantastic points, is also for me personally, seeing people. So that's where the benefit of teams has been really, really valuable because, you know, we can all have conversations through Zoom or things like that. But actually being able to see and interact with them, like um, we're having this conversation now and we've obviously got the uh, the screen up and, uh, you know, the people in podcast world can't see me moving my hands around a lot. But, you know, that kind of expressive nature it's it's really it's been really really helpful and being able to engage with people and to be able to lock eye contact with people is useful as well from my perspective yeah absolutely and i and i think there's a recognition that if today you couldn't be bothered to get out of your pajamas you don't have to turn your camera on okay Um, and as we're all in lockdown for longer and longer periods perhaps our appearance will deteriorate in some way chris so we may not want to turn our cameras on so again it's about flexibility but i agree with you having having the video contact is is really beneficial cool Aaron, Kathy, thank you very, very much for joining me on the HR on the Offensive podcast. We will be, as the as the guys mentioned, we'll be running um, webinars. We'll be looking to do more podcasts on different topics. If you have a topic that you'd like to suggest, then please feel free to do so. Then we can discuss and debate that. We'll look to get potentially other um, uh, individuals, perhaps non-lacers, uh, coming along to talk to us about some of the challenges, some of the issues they're facing, and how they're actually adapting to the current ever-changing environment. So, Aaron, Kathy. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.